This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Email sucks, but we use it for everything. Like me, you probably got back after a long weekend to an inbox full of work emails, Labor Day promotions, and of course, junk email. Sometimes you'll even get email for somebody else, usually by accident. But if you're Recode reporter Sarah Morrison, it happens all the time. And as it turns out, when this happens to you, you get to know the other yous pretty well. I got an email when one Sarah gave birth for their lactation services. I got an email for a different Sarah Morrison about her uh, kid's daycare schedule of, you know, what she ate and, and when she pooped. A daily flood of emails meant for somebody else must be incredibly annoying, but it's also a major security risk. One Sarah Morrison was, you know, searching for a job for several months, and I pretty much was involved in every step of, of the process. I get access to their addresses, you know, and I can get access to their credit card numbers. So uh, tons of stuff. So Sarah, what's going on? Why is this happening to you? Well, it turns out that email is kind of a, a terrible thing to use as an online identifier and a verification of your identity. So you mean the thing that everything you log into with yes. is bad? <laughs> yeah, but we use it for like almost everything. And it's because if you have access to the internet, you almost certainly have an email address. But then when you're someone like me, I have a pretty common name. I managed to get the first Gmail Sarah Morrison address. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. I was pretty excited about it. And then for like the next decade, I got emails and access to information about apparently every other Sarah Morrison in the world. So it became less exciting and more of like, you know, a, a pain. <laughs> and I'm a privacy reporter. So I started becoming more aware of like, this is like an actual problem for me, but more so for the other Sarah Morrisons. Why haven't protections been built in to avoid this? Why does this sort of insecure system underpin, again, like everything that we do online and log into apparently? So why don't you just list some of the examples of the other Sarah Morrison emails you've received and seen? So, you know, in the beginning, it was a lot of stuff from people's family and friends, which were kind of fine. I could just respond and say wrong email address. Over the years, people use email less, I think, to do that. And so a lot of it is just companies. So more worryingly, it's when you create an account and you provide your email address, a lot of times if you forget your password, you send like a link to the email, right? If you put the wrong email address down and that company doesn't do anything to verify, I get that link. So not only do I have access to the emails that they get, but also their accounts, which have you know, pretty much anything I need if I wanted to use those credit cards myself. So your junk mail is even junkier than mine. And if you're a criminal, potentially advantageous. Yeah. I mean, they're lucky that all I do is sometimes just delete the accounts if I can. Obviously, other Sarah Morrisons have existed for a really long time and they have a lot of you know, sensitive information out there. They have credit cards. You know, this doesn't happen with everything else. You're not 
getting their credit cards. Why are they able to have security in other aspects of their lives, but not email? I mean, here's the thing. I once lived on the same street as another Sarah Morrison, never got her mail. I once had the same job as another Sarah Morrison, did get her paycheck once, but they, they realized what they did. <laughs> so yeah, I don't have this problem, usually in other aspects of my life. And you know, the reason is, I think you have to provide documentation that you are who you are and these things have been set up to send the correct things to the correct people. You know, the other Sarah Morris and I had the same street name, but different numbers. So you largely avoid a lot of that stuff when things are verified and when there's more ways to identifiers associated with an account, like, you know, an address, phone number. Is there a way to stop getting the wrong emails for, you know, different Sarah Morrisons or to stop being the collective email for all Sarah Morrisons? Yeah, I mean, that's the problem, right? This is uh, an error uh, on the part of the other Sarah Morrison or whoever she told her email address to that maybe put it down wrong. And then it's an error on the part of the company that doesn't take any measures to make sure it's going to the right one. So that means I can't really do anything. I've actually tried texting one of the ones I have a phone number for and been like, lady, please stop it. And uh, she was like, I, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, so it's like, just denial. You can opt out of receiving these emails. Like, that's, that's a thing that these places have to give you. But that doesn't take your name or your email address off of the account itself and doesn't delete an account associated with it, which is increasingly what I want to do. I don't want my email address attached to all of these things. And if a company doesn't give you a way to just easily delete your account or your email address, then, you know, no, <laughs> there isn't anything I can do. Why don't you walk me through the JCPenney example that you did in your story? Yes, uh, the continuing saga, which it is continuing. Basically, there's this Sarah Morrison who signed up for a JCPenney account. She's actually a repeat offender. So uh, <laughs> she ordered a bunch of clothes, signed up for a rewards account, and I get all the stuff about it. And I said to JCPenney, like, their website doesn't offer any way to do that. The account itself, no way to erase the email. Contact them on Twitter and said, hey, I delete this. It's not mine. Someone did it for me. And they said, well, please give us the physical address um, and phone number on the account. And I'm like, well, I have to hack into someone's account to do that. Okay, fine, password reset. And then when I do that, like the credit card's like right there. So I was like, this seems like a good example to use for my article. Um, <laughs> JCPenney had no comment. The Twitter account said, we've erased the email address. And then like two weeks ago, she ordered more clothes and I got more emails about it. And at this point, they said they left a message with her because apparently only she can now delete my email from her account in the first place. This sounds horrible. It's just stressing me out even hearing you speak about it. Are there any laws or, you know, like that prevent this from happening? You know, the Can Spam Act is the thing that says they have to give you a way to opt out or unsubscribe, which isn't enough for, for my particular problem. Uh, if you live in a state or a country where they have laws that let you delete your data, I could probably do that. I don't live in a state with one of those. So no, my options are just to hope that a company does the right thing and that Sarah's figure out, which they haven't yet, what their actual email address is. Okay. And, and so the point of your article isn't just that this is annoying and kind of funny and quirky. It's that email is the primary way we sign up for loads of stuff in our lives and it's incredibly insecure. Yeah, I mean, it started out that way because, like, again, it's been years of this. And then it was like, well, you know, I don't actually want to know all this stuff. I don't want to know when they see, like, certain doctors. I don't want to know about their kids' daycare. And I don't think they would want me to know about that. 
And why is this even happening and what can be done to make it better? And so, yeah, it, it evolved from, you know, Sarah's petty online grievances part two to like, <laughs> this is a problem. We have a lot of important things structured around an email address that can be easily mistyped and that you don't have to actually provide any identification or any information to get in the first place. Like if you think about what you get in email or how many accounts your email is attached to and used as like the password backup to and, and then sort of, you know, think about what would happen if someone else had that and you didn't even know about it. There's a lot of issues there for apparently a lot of people because I heard back from several people with common names who have also had the same problem and they're like, I know about so-and-so's horse shows every year for 15 <laughs> years. So yeah, I mean, it's not just me. In your article, you mentioned that this was never really even designed to be secure. What do you mean by that? So the thing is, email, like kind of everything on the internet probably was never like designed to be anything. It's just a thing that kind of evolved. So before the internet really existed, the pre-internet was just a way to like connect computers remotely. And then pretty early on, and this is like in the late 60s, early 70s, somebody figures out, well, we don't just have to have computers communicating with each other. We can have the people using them communicate with each other on top of that. And that's kind of the origins of email. From there, they start developing, you know, standards, the, the at symbol, you know, protocols, whatever, throughout the 70s. But these are all going, you know, thousands of people maybe, right? So it's a closed community that isn't going to really abuse it. But even by the end of the 70s, the first like spam email goes out there and you sort of get a hint of... The beginning this, of the end. <laughs> yeah, and you get a, an idea of how this can be abused. So now we're using this thing, your email address, to log into basically everything. How did we get here? Like, how did we get from computers talking to computers to me using Ronnie.mola at redacted <laughs> um, <to> for everything. <laughs> you know, in the 80s, people start getting personal computers more, right? And then online services like America Online start happening and you get an email address with every account you make with that. The internet sort of, as we know it today, comes about. Every day, America Online is making it easier for people to live, work, and play. Call now for your free America Online Startup Kit and get free software and 10 free online hours. It's everything you need to get online. And Hotmail sort of shows up, and Hotmail is the first, or one of the first things that you can just go to www.address.com and log in, and there's your email. When was the last time using your email got you free stuff? Register for your free MSN Hotmail account from May 1st to May 31st, and you could win $5,000 worth of sports equipment. You have a free email that you can get from anywhere with an internet connection. This kind of opens up email even more to like millions and millions of people. And it also divorces your email from your credit card yes. account and, and potentially from who you are. Yeah, you fill out a couple prompts. They don't even have to be true. And then you have an email address. So it was just kind of bad luck that I ended up picking the one that became really popular that's attached to like a whole bunch of other Google services in the end. So do you think email can be fixed? Um, I'm talking about big picture, but also like this whole practice of using your email to access everything. I think all the Sarah Morrisons need to really think about what they're doing when they type it in. That's very specific. More uh, broadly, <laughs> You know, there's ways to prevent this from happening. There are services that require you to verify your email address through like a phone number or something, or it sends a link to me that says, did you actually sign up for this account? But obviously not all of them do and they don't have to. So obviously a lot of them don't. That would help. Other than that, you know, this is the way it is. 
we could try to think of something else that would be used as an identifier. I don't think you get the kind of adoption that you get with email. I mean, for me, I kind of just came to the conclusion that anything I could do with that email address, the answer was to just get another one where I wouldn't have, you know, domain name shared by 2 billion people. Got it. So there's nothing we could do about it. And I've never been happier to have an uncommon name. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Sarah. Sure. Good luck. (laughs) I'm Ronnie Mola, and this is Recode Daily. This episode was produced by Sophie Lalonde and engineered by Melissa Pones from Hemlock Creek Productions. Don't forget to check out our show notes for links to Sarah's story and for more from Recode. Do you have any inbox invaders? Tell us. Our email is recodedaily at recode.net.